are now listening to the 100% Elite Podcast. Welcome to 100% Elite. I am your host, Jeff Englert, and this is episode 51. Now, it has been another great week of jam-packed AEW content. Um, It was a giant episode of Dark, uh, a very fucking action-packed, I I thought a very entertaining episode of Dynamite. Um, But before we get into any of that stuff, uh, we got some stuff to take care of here. So if you guys would do me a favor and... Give this podcast a little review on iTunes, like, subscribe, uh, find me on Twitter at jenglert88 or at the official 100% Elite Podcast Twitter page, 100 Elite Pod, at 100 Elite Pod, that's what it is. Um, and yeah, uh, hit me up, tell me what you think, tell me uh, tell me what I'm doing right, doing wrong, but yeah, make sure you guys like, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. And without further ado, let's get into some news. Uh, I got one thing for news this week. Uh, it's just top flight signing all elite. Uh, you know, getting their getting their all elite little uh, image on Twitter, and you know, it's all it's always what we look forward to with new talent popping up on uh, AEW Dark or a Dynamite, uh, seeing if you know new signees, which. I don't I don't understand this one. They're good, they're great, and I, I'm excited for them. They're really young, 19 and 21, I believe. And I just don't... They have a fucking big-ass roster. They have a lot of talent. I just don't know how much time they actually have to use these people. Um, so, we'll see. Uh, but let's jump right into dark because it was two hours and 46 minutes long and some change it's like the longest episode of dark we've ever had uh there was some great matches on it but there was also some bad ones that i'm just gonna fly through because they were basically enhancement matches that just were thrown together like some of the episodes of dark that we've gotten lately um so this first match uh, was Viperus versus Big Swole. Uh, Viperus had a you know a good look. I I like Big Swole's new gear uh, that she's been rocking lately. It looks like uh, you know like Frieza's gear, you know uh, Super Saiyan stuff, kind of like Dragon Ball Z esque. Um, I think it's actually based off of something else, but it just looks like somebody wearing Saiyan armor or part of the Ginyu Force or something like that. <laughs> but this match was messy. Uh, Big Swole and this girl just, I don't think it was the chemistry. I think that's what it was. It just came down to that. They just didn't flow well. Um, Big Swole doing that stuff again that I've been talking about recently where it's like she's just not laying shit in or maybe she just doesn't want to hurt people. I don't know what it is, but it just looks messy. Um, I, I like Big Swole. I like her character. I think she's got... Uh, you know, great personality and stuff like that. And I've seen her do killer matches. We've seen her have, uh, you know, just go out there and tear it up with some girls. But lately, it's just, I don't know what's going on, man. Uh, you know, the Texas Clo- Clover Leaf was kind of, you know, half assed at the end there. She came out on Twitter saying, you know, I got you guys or something like that. But uh, there was a lot of things in the match that were pretty bad. Uh, 
it, it it just keeps happening. So you you kind of have to ask yourself like why why are they putting this stuff out there if they know that it doesn't look great? Um, I said this about Britt Baker in the beginning, so maybe I'll eat crow again and she'll turn this thing around and and like Britt Baker has recently. Um, but in the beginning, Britt Baker was sloppy as shit, and they kept putting her out there and kept putting her out there. And I understand they didn't have a big, vast women's roster like they do now. They have a lot of women's talent that aren't wrestling regularly. Um, so why not put those those talent, you know, put them out there? I know Big Swole's probably asking for matches and wanting to get out there, which is great. But if you guys are watching the matches and looking at it going, well, this isn't that great. Don't put it out there. I wouldn't. I wouldn't try. It's it's not like they're trying to make her look bad, but I just think, or maybe somebody's lying to her and saying that it's great. Who knows? I spent way too much time on that match. <laughs> the next match was uh, Aaron Solo uh, and Lee Johnson versus uh, Silver and Reynolds. Uh, dude, as much as people like John Silver, I like Alex Reynolds, man. I think he's got. I think he's got that real. Uh, he, he's real stiff. Uh, he, he, they pull off great fucking moves. Uh, you know, John Silver and Alex Reynolds were one of those teams where I didn't know what they were going to do with them in the Dark Order. And they're kind of shining uh, right now. That fucking double team move that they did where they basically kicked the shit out of them, formed the shit out of them, stunned them, German suplexed them, and then pinned them. It was, it was pretty fucking cool. Um, I really liked the ending of this match. Um, you know... Lee Johnson had a really cool uh, blue thunder bomb in this match, um, but yeah, that that combo for the for the win here was pretty awesome. I like that they're not using the masks anymore; they're kind of giving them their own personalities. I'm glad that Tony Khan finally saw John Silver's uh, side to him. So maybe this will go for the rest of the Dark Order. Maybe they'll all get. Um, do away with the the masks. Just just have Evil Uno do the mask thing. Everybody else needs to not wear the mask. Have a little bit more personality, and that's what's gonna get them over. Evil Uno's mask is different, and it's creative, and it makes him stand out because he knows how to work a mask. He's he's been wrestling in a mask for a while, obviously. But Preston Vance and Alan Angels, they just look like pawns on the chessboard they don't look like they do anything but they're just tools to sacrifice is is uh is what i'm getting at here but yeah nice little match uh the next uh segment we had was leva bates cutting a promo saying that she's on her own she's going to write her own story as the librarian now uh, which is cool i'm i'm excited for leva bates hopefully she gets some more in ring time and speeds things up a little bit if you watch her matches she slows down before she runs into people when she goes to run the ropes she kind of does that like i'm running really fast but it's at like a really slow speed it it, you know it doesn't um i don't know it doesn't it's not it's not great so hopefully she picks things up because her stuff on the indies if you go back and watch some of her she had a gimmick called like blue pants or something like that uh she was pretty good, man. She was. I know she's Brandy's uh, assistant. She is like uh, a coordinator uh, for a lot of things. I've talked about it before. 
Um, so I don't know how much time she has for wrestling because uh, she runs like she basically is the gopher for everything backstage, which is is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, cutting a promo. Basically, she's the only librarian. She's glad that Peter's off doing his own thing. Pretty Peter Avalon. Uh, we'll talk about him later, too. Um, but yeah, nice little spot. Uh, this next match, I really enjoyed this match. It was Trent versus Michael Naka Naka Nakazawa. Uh, he comes out doing that Turkish oil oil style. Has the bottles all hidden in his uh, in his junk and in his knees. And and Bryce Rem- Remsburg, I think that's his name. Maybe it's not his name. Uh, he's like picking them out of his shorts, like getting rid of all the the oil spots. There were titty twisters in this match. Uh, it was really fun, but it also showed everybody that Michael Nakazawa can actually fucking wrestle. This match was really fun. Um, you had Trent <laughs> doing the three uh, knee strikes, uh, really laying into Michael Nakazawa. He did say he was going to kill this motherfucker, so um, we almost got it. But it, it, it puts up that question, man. Why does Michael Nakazawa want to be... The lower end laughing stock of AEW sometimes. I wonder if he just gets some fucking pants on and uh, goes out there and wrestles a real match. Everybody be, I mean, we all like Michael Nakazawa. We just hate the fucking oil gimmick shit. I, I do like the fact that they're putting it into storylines on BTE. Like he was pretending to like wipe down the ring, but he's actually like fucking oiling up the ropes and he's like this is why everybody's been slipping it's me now come and get your revenge uh so it's setting up this match with Trent it was pretty cool um you know most of Michael Nakazawa's matches aren't great uh the one with Kenny Omega was really fun I think it was Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa versus the best friends actually so maybe Trent can just pull something out of Michael Nakazawa maybe they are real friends in real life and, uh, yeah, this match was fun, like I said. But, yeah, the three knee strikes for the win, uh, definitely a good match. Uh, moving on to the next match. Tesha Price versus Red Velvet. Both of these girls looked great. Uh, this was a better match than the Big Swole Vipress match, that's for sure. Uh, I like Red Velvet's get up here. Um, she has a... It's like a running knee strike to the face. It might even be a boot that she does. I don't know. It was kind of at a weird angle, but I know it's got a, a name. I just I they didn't say it and I forget about it because these are random dark matches. She's not really you know, they don't really get that much time for me to figure out their finishers besides uh like Penelope Ford because, you know, I meticulously watch her matches. <laughs> <laughs> just joking um but yeah is a running knee to the face for the win um this next segment man sean spears cutting a promo with tolly up on on scorpio sky and telling basically no you don't get another shot you had your shot you blew it you you couldn't hack it with me you couldn't stoop down and just pull out the win so you lost this is it for you bye um but Sean Spears looked fucking incredible here. This is the stuff that I'm talking about. You give him something to do, and he will pull it off to a T. Uh, I've liked everything that he's done, pretty much. I wish he could have gone further with the chairman gimmick, because I liked that gimmick. He should have carried that chair around like a fucking executioner and just smashed people with it. He doesn't have to hit people in the head. 
but still attack a lot more people with chairs would have been cool. Um, but yeah, this is cool. I, I like the, the cocky attitude. Just put him with FTR already. Uh, get them at least in a, a nice little group with Tolly. Obviously, he's he's managing both of them, so it only just fits in. I wonder if they're waiting on this four horsemen thing to pull the trigger on that. I don't even care if it's a four horsemen thing. I just want Spears with FTR to where he can come out with FTR and he can cut promos with FTR because they work so well together. They they run the same style, that real ground and pound, you know, fist over flips kind of shit. Um, they're great heels. Just put them together already. We'll pull the trigger and put Sean Spears in a storyline on Dynamite. Put him with somebody a little bit higher on the, the key than Enhancement Guys and, and do the same thing with Scorpio Sky. Or, or put the fucking feud on Dynamite more. Run these packages. This package on Dark was better than some of the Dynamite segments. I'll, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, but it, this was great. I really liked this segment. Um, but yeah, nice guys finish last. Uh, that's what he said to Scorpio Sky. Um, after this, we had Lance Archer and Jake the Snake cutting a promo. Basically an open challenge uh, saying, you know, come on, locker room, come get some. Uh, we'll see how this pans out for um, Lance Archer. Uh, hopefully... Uh, I already know what's going to happen. So we'll, <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later too when we talk about Dynamite. Um, the next match was VSK and Bishop King versus Private Party. What are you guys doing? Private Party, come on. You guys beat the Young Bucks in the first round of the tournament. You guys are, had this uh, you know, great um, meteoric rise in AEW. You're not first year, you know, people anymore you are veterans at this point you know you guys are supposed to be knowing what you're doing in the ring it's sloppy it's like it's like shit's just not matching up I don't know if you guys are just trying too hard to do innovative shit to where it uh you guys just aren't aren't there but it's only when you guys have veterans in the ring that you pull out a great match when it's versus enhancement guys it's like nobody knows what they're doing like you guys look around like oh yeah I'm supposed to be over here for this spot and there's no in between the move stuff it's all just spot 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 and you know people say the young bucks do that this is what people act like the young bucks do that's not what happens the young bucks have a lot of psychology in their matches the young bucks have great matches uh, the, the, this match was not, uh, the shooting star press on this like weird double knee thing. Like, um, you know, it's, it's a cool move. I just don't, I don't know it. This match wasn't there. It just wasn't. Uh, the next match was Kylan King versus Rache Chanel. Um, dude, there was a sweet falling face buster in this, the, the kingdom falls. That was her finish. Kylan King, man, I hope they fucking sign this girl. She's a lot bigger than most of the girls. She knows how to wrestle. Uh, this match was pretty decent. I, you know, plus she's an Ohio girl, so come on, uh, give her a chance. You guys gave Top Flight a chance after one match. Kylan King's been there for a while. 
uh, pulling off some great matches. So I can't wait for that. Uh, Kylan King is all elite uh, to pop up on my Twitter feed. Um, the next match uh, was Sammy G versus uh, Marco Stunt. This match was fucking killer. Sammy G it was mostly Sammy G's offense. Um, obviously, dude, he's a killer. Fucking switch the pants. I know I keep saying this, but nobody wants to see your damn ass. Every single time he gets in a match, all of a sudden his fucking gear rides up. <laughs> it's ridiculous. He tries to cut a promo after this match, and he's basically telling us nobody does it better than Sammy Guevara. Uh, he's the best. Look at him. But he said it as he's like literally huffing and puffing. <laughs> he should have... Maybe not went so hard if he's going to cut a promo after the fact. Uh, but it was still it was still a great match. Uh, it ended with that GTH uh, for the win there. Really just looking like he demolished fucking Marco's face with that knee. Um, yeah, it, it, this was a good match for sure. Uh, the next match was Dream Girl Ellie versus the super bad girl Penelope Ford. Um <sighs> This match wasn't there either. I'm sorry, Penelope Ford. You looked great. Um, the one part I will say is you were talking a little shit. You said <laughs> you're not anyone's dream girl or something like that as you like raked her in the into the ropes. Uh, I mean, it was a decent. It was better than the Big Swole match. Um, you know, uh, there was a nice uh, gut buster in there. Uh, that fisherman suplex for the win. That fisherman suplex. I feel like if she just got a little bit more elevation on it. Uh, it would look like a little bit. I mean, Taz tries to sell it with that bridge. Oh, look at Penelope Ford. That bridge is great. That's why she's able to pin people with the leverage and stuff like that. Um, maybe find a different finisher. Find something a little bit more hard-hitting. You're a heel. You can do more devastating moves. Um it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad match. She looked great. This Dream Girl, Ellie Girl, uh, you know, nice gear, nice look to her. So um, hopefully she, they, they bring her back. Uh, okay, this is the match I want to talk about. So it was Diamante and Ivelisse up next versus Lady Frost and uh, the Bionic Beast, Jenna. And this match was pretty fucking cool. Uh, the Bionic Beast, she was genocide. I believe not too long ago. Uh, I don't know why they changed her name. Uh, maybe they weren't, maybe genocide is kind of a wrong thing to say right now. Um, but the flipping neck breaker from lady frost, the, the big, you know, moon salt flip, the double team, uh, move. She lady frost is fucking killer, man. She looks great. Um, she has the charisma in between the moves. Eva Lise obviously was trying to stiff the shit out of her. So was Diamante. I mean, we need more aggressiveness in the women's division, but it sometimes they just they just take it that little extra far. Obviously, she's known for that. I mean, it it looks good, but uh, uh, the Bionic Beast man double choke slam. Uh, I think they should have sold that just a little bit more because it was a great move. She looks like a fucking uh, a bionic Amazon in that fucking ring. Uh, she'd be a great matchup with Nyla Rose, actually. Uh, I was thinking that as they were wrestling. But Lady Frost, I'm telling you, she has great indie matches. She does a lot of inter inter 
intergender stuff with her husband, uh, the savage gentleman, um, on the indies and stuff like that. And they're a really fucking great tag team. I would love to see her part of this women's division. Uh, yeah. Thrust kick, code red, Diamante and Ivelisse pulling out the win here. Obviously we knew that they were going to win. Um, after this, we had Adam priest versus, uh, Brandon Cutler, man, Brandon Cutler picking up another win here. We had that springboard elbow drop into a TPK. Uh, Dude, Brandon Cutler's got a fucking cool moveset. I really like the way he works. Uh, He's been getting progressively just better and better and better and better. I really would like to see him into a storyline on Dynamite or give him another storyline to go on. God, I squeaked right there. Um Put him in another storyline. If they're going to continue this uh, Peter Avalon stuff with him, uh, cool. But give him something more to do than just finding enhancement people. I don't know. Give him a match. There's tons of fucking heel people that he can start uh, a feud with. Give him something to do. Because that pretty Peter Avalon stuff, um, or the librarian Peter Avalon as he was before, I mean, that was interesting. We all wanted to see who was going to be the biggest loser of AEW. Uh, so this was a, a pretty good match. It was mostly Brandon Cutler, uh, his offense, which I'm telling you, his moveset's great. If you're not watching Dark, watch some of these matches that I talked about because you can go on their YouTube site. You don't have to watch the full thing. And you can pick and choose who you want to see. Go watch Brandon Cutler. He's got great He's got a great moveset. That springboard elbow drop, uh, it just looks cool. He's got like a almost, I'm going a little far here, but he's almost got that AJ Styles flair when he springboards off of shit. Uh, You know, like that uh, phenomenal forearm kind of thing. He does a lot of cool shit like that. He's not as good as AJ Styles. Don't get me wrong. Not even close. (laughs) But um, yeah, it it was all in all a really good, really good spot. Uh, the next segment, I, I saw a little bit of hate on Twitter about this, but it was Britt Baker's waiting room segment. I fucking love these things. I think they're cool. Her her guest was uh, Ty Conti, and uh, you know they were, had a little bit of back and forth. Her basically ripping on her. Uh, Britt Baker does like this opening, uh, like I don't know, like a monologue from like a talk show host, uh, where she kind of rips on a bunch of different people. Um, and then they had a musical guest, the acclaimed, and they came out and sang a song. Um, that didn't, that part didn't do me, do it for me so well, but I, I really like the acclaimed. I think Max Caster is awesome. Uh, Andrew Bowen's like trying to be like Mr. Meme behind everybody. Um, I haven't seen any memes made of him yet, but, uh, that doesn't mean they're not out there. So another great segment from Burt Baker. Uh, looks like we're going to get a match with her. I forget who she's up against, but I know we're going to get something from her soon. It looks like they're building something with Thunder Rosa or Ty Conti. I mean, they look like they were about to get into it on the show. Uh, Reba, Rebel, uh, kind of you know hurried up the guest, uh, the musical guest. But her fucking laughing, that <laughs> in between... It, I don't know why it fucking pops me every single time. It's so uh, so out there and kind of, um, it's just a lot, <laughs> but it's funny. I don't know why. Um, 
after this, we had the Gun Club versus uh, Cesar Bononi, um, KTB, and who else? There was somebody else. Seth uh, Gargas, Gargas, something, some enhancement guy. Um, Colt 45 is what they're calling it. It was a famouser for the win. Uh, the the other son, Colt, picking up the win. The I think it's the middle son. I think he's even got another son. Does he? I think he's got three kids, right? Um, I wish Austin Gunn was picking up the win here. Now they're letting the other son that's had two matches uh, start getting wins here. Uh, Billy Gunn kind of looked at him like, "You used my move. What? Like why? Come up, come up with your own shit." Um, I didn't really watch a whole lot of this match because. I don't really care about the gun club. Uh, I mean, I liked Billy Gunn growing up. You know, the ass man and, and road dog, New Age Outlaws. It was cool shit. Um, but they just don't do it for me now. I'd rather see him kind of be not in the manager role, but just come out to the ring with Austin and Austin do singles run stuff because that quick draw, that fucking move, he, and he's got charisma. I like when he first started the match, he kind of did that karate shit, like, and shit like that. It was really funny. Um, so I would, I would like to see him get a limelight more than the entire gun club. Uh, unless they pull out those trio titles, six-man titles, uh, and just have them start wrestling people like Jurassic Express and, you know, all the different, you know, death triangle shit like that, and just have them be people that... Other trio teams can pad their record by beating them. <laughs> That's the only reason I would want to want them to be in circulation like they are. Um, but next match after this was Super Panda and Ultimo Panda uh, forming Panda Express <laughs> uh, versus Jurassic Express. Um, Jurassic Express getting the double team for the win. Uh, Super Panda is the one where he doesn't look like a polygon version of a panda. He actually looks like a wrestler in like a luchador mask. He's actually a really good wrestler. If you watch this match, you can tell dude really knows what he's doing. Um, I, I could see him working in AEW. I really could. Especially with like a, a Jurassic Express. If Jungle Boy wants to go do his own thing. Uh, I could, I could see Panda coming in, filling in the spot there, uh, you know, becoming a tag team with Luchasaurus. I would still watch that. It seems like a good gimmick. I believe they worked somewhere else. Maybe, uh, Lucha Underground. I think that's where he, he's from, or maybe it's Dragon Gate or Chikara. One of those, I'm getting them all mixed up. Um, but, uh, good match, uh, double team for the win. I don't. I don't, they don't have a name for it, but Jurassic Express pulling out the win here. Uh, the next match was Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. versus TH2. Dude, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. look better than TH2 in the ring. I, I think Tony Khan has it wrong by booking TH2 over this other tag team. Like, I want to see Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison, uh, in their spot that they're getting beating down top flight, do all that stuff. They don't have to be baby faces. They can turn them heel easily. Um, but yeah, they could be going after top flight instead of TH2. Uh, 
Navarro death roll for the win from Angelico to uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Um, like I said, Brian Pillman Jr. looks great. Griff Garrison, it, he knows how to fucking wrestle. He really does. I mean, Angelico and Jack Evans know how to wrestle. You, you just nobody's invested in these guys. We, they don't give us a reason to care or to to really get heat on them or to boo them or anything. They don't give us a whole lot. Um, maybe they're going to try to start to, I don't know. They kind of had a, a bad get because of the whole pandemic thing. They were stuck, uh, on the outskirts. God. So, uh, <laughs> squeaking. Um, and so they didn't get a lot of TV time, uh, during that whole thing. So maybe that's why they kind of got put on the back burner for a while. Well, I mean, obviously that's why, but even more so than like any other teams, it, it just seems like they didn't have a, a great thing. They were left out of the tag team tournament before all that happened. So maybe, maybe there was a bigger reason than we know of. Um, the next match though, the acclaimed versus Alex Chamberlain and Damian Ferrick. Fearer, some guy, um, <laughs> uh, big elbow drop from Max Caster for the win. Uh, the acclaimed, I think they're a fucking great tag team, man. They work really well together. He came out and cut another one of them promos where he just eviscerated them, uh, verbally. I like it. I think it could work on dynamite. Uh, I think he needs to start it midway through the tunnel he needs to have the acclaimed music come on anthony bones needs to come out first right come out i don't know point at him do his shit because he doesn't really talk and then have max caster kind of slow walking and cutting the, the the freestyle promo on the way to the ring and by the time he reaches the ropes be able to drop the mic and go in there and do work um it, it's too long him Waiting till he gets to there, then backing up, then cutting his freestyle rap on him. Uh, it needs to flow a little bit more. It needs to look like he already knows who these guys are and he doesn't need to stand in front of him. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> he just needs to come out already cutting this thing. Uh, I think it'll work really well. And, and especially on something like Dynamite, he needs to be on his game uh, for the the audience of dynamite uh to to get that over i know a lot of big fans watch it but there's also a lot of people that watch both shows so you need to be able to keep their their interest focused on your match and your match uh all the things surrounding it but i think they're great heels i think they do great stuff anthony bowens is a killer fucking um wrestler they really cut the ring in half in this match uh Definitely, this is one of the matches to watch, in my opinion. Look out for these guys. The acclaimed are going to be uh, rising up a little bit more on Dynamite. Um, after this, we had uh, five Allen Angels versus Matt Seidel. Dude, they were kind of throwing everything at each other in this match. Uh, jumping knee and a neck breaker thing for the win, dude. This thing looked fucking wild. Uh, he kind of picked him up. Almost like a fisherman style, but it was at a weird angle and it kind of went into a neck. I don't know. I've never seen something like it. Almost like the top of it. Like he slammed him on the top of the neck. Uh, Matt Seidel did. 
um, picking up the win. So he reversed that wing snapper. Uh, I've been saying for a while that wing snapper is just not a great finisher. It doesn't, it just doesn't seem like somebody would be, that's like something that will put somebody out, especially like a Cody or anybody out. You fuck up their arm. They're still going to kick out, uh, of anything you throw at them. (laughs) Um, but yeah, glad uh, Matt Seidel is picking up a win, padding his record a little bit. I really love that match with uh, him and Brian Cage. They fucking tore the place down. Um, but yeah, the next match was uh, Fuego Del Sol versus Peter Avalon. This actually was a pretty good match. I mean, there was this straight jacket neck breaker. was really fucking cool by uh, Fuego Del Sol, uh, pulling it off on Peter Avalon. But then... Uh, we got the Martinis uh, for Peter Avalon's first win in AEW. This was <laughs> this was fucking cool. He, he was surprised. His eyes were lit up. Um, so good on Peter Avalon. Uh, Fuego Del Sol didn't look too bad. Uh, his gear still looks like a fucking bag of flaming Hot Cheetos. Uh, but <laughs> uh, after this, we had a... Um, a triple tag team match. So it was Chaos Project versus the Dark Order versus Joey and Sonny. This match out of uh, so out of all these teams obviously the Dark Order looked the best here. But they elevated it did, it did something. I don't know. The Chaos Project didn't look bad here. Joey and Sonny who I've, I I get on all the time. Looked great here. This was actually a killer main event for uh, Dark this week. I, I really actually I watched this full fucking match. Obviously, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, um, you know, join the Dark Order gimmick. Uh, I think they need to go back to just being them uh, by themselves. They they're so fucking talented. Uh, I I love Evil Uno's move set. I mean. The shit that they pulled off in this match was really fucking cool. Uh, Joey and Sonny uh, hitting the Doomsday device. Uh, Sonny actually looked fucking stiff in this match. It was it, it was pretty refreshing, actually. The Chaos Project didn't look bad. There was a, a couple spots where, uh, you know, he's been doing that thing where he uses Serpentico and, like, slams him on the people. And there was a spot where he's up on the turnbuckle and he's screaming at him. You know, I'm going to throw you into them. And Serpenta goes like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. I don't want to do that. And he ends up throwing him off the turnbuckle to the outside. Uh, so nice little storytelling in this match. Um, there was a DDT on the apron to Joey Janela from Stu Grayson. That was pretty gnarly. Uh, and then hitting the Swanton, Evil Uno hitting the Swanton, Sonny kicks out at two. Uh, which was unexpected too. A nice little false finish, uh, but then you know, hitting the fatality uh, for the win. It was it was a nice match from everybody. It really was. Uh, I think Evil Uno and Stu Grayson really pulled out that match from everybody else. Um, so yeah, that was dark this week. Uh, it was long as fuck. I, I suggest they don't do that again, please. <laughs> um, but it it was actually like I I mostly watched all of this through. There was a lot of great matches. Uh, the ones that I really hit on 
go back and watch those. You can go on their, you know, AEW's YouTube page uh, and watch each match individually. Uh, but yeah, the ones I hit on, do yourself a favor and watch them. Um, but after dark, uh, we normally get right into the official homework of the week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the official homework of the week for me is going to be AJ Styles versus Kota Ibushi in the G1 Climax 25. Um, this was prime AJ Styles, in my opinion, man. This match was killer. Kota Ibushi really pulling out the stops, too. Um, I, I, I find myself often going back and watching these Bullet Club runs from Kenny, the Bucks, um, from Cody, from AJ Styles, um, I th- they're just fucking killer matches. I don't know what it is about that Japanese strong style that I just I love it. I eat it all up. It just looks fucking fantastic. So if you haven't watched this match, uh, do yourself a favor and watch it. And there's actually a video version on YouTube where it's got a uh, kind of like a punk band background music to it, and it just works, man. It works really well. I. I normally I'm like, I want the real matte sounds and all that stuff, but it's, it's got this like, uh, you know, it, it just a nice feel to it, a really nice feel to it. So great job on whoever pulled that out, but it's one of the only other ones that you can really watch besides the actual, uh, match on like new Japan's pro world fucking streaming service or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, that is the homework for this week. Now remember, guys, the homework each week is just matches for you guys to go check out, and then you guys give me your review on it. So tell me what you think about the match. Um, if you agree with me on it, and you know, saying that it's a killer match, or critique it, I want you guys to give me your feedback. Review it just like we do with this show. Um, remember, hit me up on Twitter at. It's free, guys. Twitter is free. It's absolutely free. Uh, You can find me on there really easy. You just go into the search bar and type J-E-N-G-L-E-R-T-88. That's my personal Twitter page. I will uh, talk with every single person. Uh, I will engage with everything. Or you can find the 100% Elite official Twitter page at 100ElitePod. Not the words, just 100, like the podcast. Um, but yeah, uh, like follow the pages or, um, maybe I should set up a Facebook. I don't know. Uh, would that be easier? Somebody message me and say, that's what we want uh, or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's what the homework segment for each week is. Um, before we get into dynamite this week, uh, I did get my young bucks, uh, book, the signed edition. It came in, um, it, it seems like it's going to be an awesome book. I've only started reading a couple pages so far. I'm really wanting to dive right into this. Uh, I think it's going to be awesome. What I've heard about it, it's great. It seems like it it starts from when they're younger and kind of goes up until uh, a certain point. I don't really want to spoil it yet. I will be doing a bonus podcast on this book. Uh, it won't be a, a long one. It might be a nice little 30-minute conversation about what is in the book, so I will put spoiler, um, you know, I will be talking about the book, 
what's in the book, stuff like that. So if you uh, uh, click on that podcast, just be warned that you're going to hear a little bit of the inside stuff. Uh, and you guys will see what I think about the book. Um, but yeah, without further ado, let's get into Dynamite this week. Dynamite was pretty fucking cool. I, I'm not going to lie. I thought this episode being pre-taped was going to be, you know, kind of a, not a miss because they never really miss. Uh, some of them are just um, not not so much explosive packed into that TNT, you know, Dynamite. <laughs> that was a really bad joke. Um, but just not a... It, not enough oomph, you know what I mean? It's usually not so stacked. This episode, I really was entertained by pretty much everything they threw at us. Uh, the first segment was uh, Anna J and uh, no, the first segment was uh, sorry, I read a, a page wrong. Um, it was uh, Hangman Adam Page versus John Silver. That's what it was. Uh, John Silver coming out with that new. Uh, you know, coat that he's been wearing ever since that Orange Cassidy match. Obviously, no masks. Uh, Tony Khan's basically saying, you know, why you you're so charismatic on BTE? Why aren't you doing that on my fucking show? Uh, you know, kind of gave him a hard time about it, and and he's he's right. He really is. I think they need to get him out of this Dark Order gimmick, though. Get him and Reynolds out of there so they can be silly and goofy. Uh, like I've been saying, and put the Dark Order back into the mysterious badasses that uh, that were, you know, coming in to fuck up uh, the elite and and mainly the Bucks and and uh, be great heels. I love. I miss the pyramid of fucking creepers and uh, or not pyramid. Uh, the throne, the throne of creepers. Uh, I miss that Dark Order. The weird cultish, uh, you know, join the Dark Order stuff. This podcast used to be sponsored by the Dark Order. If you go back, actually, don't go back and listen to the old episodes. Some of them are really bad. I definitely learn new things each week. Um, uh, definitely getting better. But, okay, Hangman, Adam Page uh, versus John Silver. This match was fucking hard-hitting. This match was great. John Silver's kicks looked fucking awesome. Um, there was a really nice sit out power bomb by, uh, hangman Adam page. Um, you know, John silver countering that first buckshot was, uh, really, really nice. I'm glad, uh, people are starting to, um, kind of pick away at hangman's moveset. Maybe he'll change it up a little bit more. Why isn't he bringing out the dead eye? Um, that's a great fucking move. Uh, I think he should use that, um, yeah, I, I think he should use that for sure. The buckshot is awesome, don't get me wrong, but I think he should use that more as a V-trigger style of move and use that dead eye as that final bam slam. I didn't mean to rhyme that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, buckshot for the win here. Um, and then the Dark Order does this uh, trying to recruit Hangman Adam Page, and he doesn't really say no. Uh, and they basically talk about how the elite, uh, you know, didn't really let him leave. And that sounds like a cult, too. He, uh, you know, uh, the Dark Order uh, will always have his back, they said. Um, unlike, you know, he's kind of alone right now. None of the people have had his back. Uh, and it. I hope for the sake of this fucking show that Hangman Adam Page does not join the Dark Order. 
There's like 75 fucking members right now. <laughs> I mean, Anna J is number 99. So there's at least 99 people <laughs> in the fucking Dark Order. Um, I'm just joking. Uh, this next uh, segment was Kenny cutting a promo on John Moxley. Um, this was fucking cool, man. I, I know I've been saying that a lot this podcast, but this really was Kenny... Uh, really working in that heel kind of cocky dick attitude. He's wearing the suit finally instead of uh, his Redcon or whatever uh, shirts that he normally wears uh, with his, you know, athletic shorts and looking like he just came out of the gym or uh, playing video games on a couch or something. He's actually in a suit with the aviators on, cutting these promos. And then he comes out of left field where... He's like, oh, you talked about your dad being great. Uh, your dad wasn't great. And I guarantee my dad can kick your dad's ass. And I was like, what the fuck? This is awesome. Um, so nice little segment from Kenny Omega. Definitely showing um, you know, this American audience what he's really made of. Uh, I, I hope he dives in more. I I'm fucking pumped for this match. You know, winter is coming December 2nd. Uh, it's going to be a great episode of dynamite. It's right before, uh, the war games pay-per-view, uh, that NXT is going to have. So I'm wondering if their go home show is going to be big. They kind of flopped on the last time they did this. So, um, let's, we'll see. We'll see for sure. Um, the next uh, segment was Darby in these cool fucking videos that he shoots. Uh, it was him smashing, uh, I think he hits the, the windshield of that car again, spray paints, uh, um, shit, survive if I let you is what he uh, spray paints on the top. Uh, you know, Taz's this little gimmick. And then he uh, lights a trail of fire, which that's the only part of this video that is um, in color. The rest of it's all black and white. It's a really fucking cool video. You know, he normally does these little vignette promos where uh, he says very little and everything's in black and white. This time the fire was lit up. The The car explodes. He's holding that TNT title over his shoulder. Um, I'm really hoping he takes this belt to new heights. I think he can be a great uh, face for this company I really do he he's got all of the fans I mean all of us are all behind him I mean you got kids cosplaying as him grown adults you know how many uh, Halloween costumes of Darby Allen I saw in real life there was a lot and I didn't even know that there was that many AEW fans and in, uh, in, in around where I fucking live um, so yeah cool video from them uh, next match that we had on this card was Powerhouse Hobbs. They changed his name from Will Hobbs to Powerhouse Hobbs, which I totally understand. Will Hobbs is a very babyface name. You know, Will Power, uh, all that stuff. It's, you know, uh, this is really nerdy, but in the DC world, um, the Green Lanterns are all um, Will. They're all, it's all the power of Will. Uh, so, it's a very babyface gimmick, uh, Will Hobbs. So Powerhouse Hobbs sounds a little bit more vicious, uh, especially works well with you know Taz and the way that he used to run. His gear is very reminiscent of one Taz in the ECW um, 
uh, era because when he went to WWE, he kind of wore this like dicky fucking mechanic suit uh, sort of thing is what I remember him wearing. Uh, so I definitely like this look for Will Hobbs um, uh, going against Lee Johnson. And he just, he fucks Lee Johnson up, man. I really felt bad for Lee Johnson here, but it was a big Hobbs power slam uh, for the win, all offense. Taz comes out and basically says, look, go celebrate with Starks and Cage backstage. You did a great job. Uh, I got some business to take care of. And basically says, I'm not getting out of this fucking ring until you guys put over the FTW title, put some respect on the FTW title. I want, you know, basically, I want to my guys to defend this title and it it to be a thing in AEW. I mean, I can understand, but he kind of just, I don't know. I think we need more history. I wish we could play uh, some of Taz's old shit. Uh, this would go over really well, him putting over the FTW, FTW title. Uh, I guess, you know, everybody's got to go do their homework on what it means. But it was a title that he ran with in ECW uh, and really made a big deal back then. Um, cutting killer fucking promos having insane matches. I mean, Taz used to be the human suplex machine for real. He used to, I mean, fling motherfuckers all over the place outside of the ring. Uh, he was a really stiff worker. He really believed in the business uh, and just having killer matches back then. Uh, but yeah, so he comes, he basically says management is going to have to fucking, uh, I want somebody to come out here and actually, um, Give me a reason to uh, not not stay. Uh, basically, just come out there and put some respect on it. This is what he got at. Um, and so they cut his mic. Uh, and so he demands Justin Roberts uh, give him his microphone. So, you know, Justin being kind of a bitch in this <laughs> scenario, he, uh, you know, comes up and gives him his his microphone. And it was... Uh, it was a nice, nice little spot here. They, he basically said, I know how this shit works. If you cut this mic again, I'm going over to commentary. I know you don't turn those things off. Um, and Cody comes out and it's like, what are you doing? Uh, you know, just to get you off here, I will run it up the flagpole. And Taz was like, oh, you motherfucker. What are you going to, um, creative has nothing for me. Uh, good luck in your future endeavors. Um, and then Cody gets back in the ring and cuts a fucking vicious, savage promo about his son. He's like, if you're such, you know, the FTW is so great and you're this big legend. Why is your son training with me instead of you? And then Taz kind of drops his mic and he's like, you fucking went too far. You're pathetic. And you can like read his lips and kind of hear him on on Cody's uh, microphone. And it was a nice dude. I was like, holy shit, is this, is this supposed to be happening? Did Cody really go too far? Is this a shoot thing? And then, you know, Cody turns around, Taz uh, sinks in the fucking Taz mission. I used to love that move and no mercy. Uh, it, it was such a great move using that because he, he didn't really have that great of a WWE run. But back in the ECW days, uh, you know, sinking that in was awesome. And the, the flailing around that Cody did was what a lot of people did to sell that. Uh, and it was always really fun. Um, but yeah, uh, he powders out when the gun club comes up. 
and, uh, you know, tries to get involved. And then you see his son. He picks up the FTW title, and he's got, like, a hoodie on. His name's Hook. So he's, like, going to be a badass. But then I was like, oh, okay, this was definitely set up. This was all. This isn't a shoot. This is this is a work. You guys got me. <laughs> but uh, it was a cool fucking segment. It really was. Using Taz like this is, is really nice. Um, after this segment... Uh, you had Eddie Kingston cutting a promo on uh, the Death Triangle, talking about Pentagon, how he kind of betrayed him. And he's like, you know, I don't hold it against him going back with his brother. Uh, you know, it shit happens, basically. And then Mox comes and gets in Eddie's face and basically tells him uh, nothing. He says absolutely nothing. But you can see in in Eddie's face like, that he wants nothing to do with John Moxley. He turns his hat around and kind of gets up in his face like, you know it wasn't me, man. Uh, you know who it was. You got, you got shit to take care of. I got shit to take care of. And so Mox just looks him up and down, walks away with that fucking big platinum on his shoulder. Uh, dude, Mox is one hell of a champion. You really got to give it to him. Uh, Eddie Kingston kind of like, man, motherfucker. Like, do you see this shit? Uh, you know, walking away. It, it was a really cool little segment. Um, I wonder if Mox just did that, and and because Eddie Kingston's really known for cutting these promos and really moving on the fly. I wonder if they had something planned for him to say something, and and Mox just was like, "I'm gonna get him right here. This is gonna be gold." Because uh, I like that he didn't say anything. He's just that, like. Like he he means fucking business, and it's it's a really cool uh, cool side of John Moxley that we uh, got to see there. But after this, we had Top Flight versus TH Two. Um, this was a good match, man. Top Flight really uh, really impressed me here. I thought this was going to be another private party um, incident. I mean, they kind of did a little bit, but not as bad. They they had a really great match with them. I think. It was more sloppy on TH2 side, um, so I'm hoping these kids keep that fire, uh, you know, under their asses and really keep throwing the shit uh, in that ring, like laying it all out there every single night because they're getting a really fucking big chance and they're getting a spot that a lot of these tag teams would kill for right now. I mean, we haven't seen Santana and Ortiz wrestle a tag match in a fucking while. Um, I think since that street fight, right? I think that's the last time we saw them. Um, what other tag teams haven't we seen? They normally get to work a lot. I mean, Jurassic Express has kind of been on dark, uh, you know, for the most part. I don't know. But yeah, ankle lock. Uh, it was actually that Navarro death uh, spin thing that Angelico did on Dark. He did it on uh, Dynamite this week, uh, picking up the win, locking it in though. After kind of beating down uh, Top Flight, Young Bucks coming out to make the save, big baby faces. Uh, so obviously they're booking this storyline with TH2 and the Young Bucks is the next pivot. Um, after this, we get uh, Vicky Guerrero and the the Vicious Vixens uh, talking about Brandy Rose cutting up cutting up promo on Brandy Rhodes talking about how she only got hired because of nepotism and that, uh, you know, give Vicky a call if she's got, if she wants some business advice and, uh, talking about Jade Cargill. Uh, I wonder if they're going to make this, uh, 
her part of the vicious vixens or if they're just you know the heels working with the heels uh sort of thing i i hope she uh becomes her manager because i as you know <laughs> as sad as this is i'd rather hear vicky guerrero cut promos for jade cargill than her cut her own promos <laughs> but uh I'm really pumped to see what Jade Cargill uh, can do in the ring. She said on she was on uh, Unrestricted last week. Yeah, because this week is Anna Jay, um, which was a great podcast. Uh, she's her first match on Dynamite or Dark. She only had like seven fucking matches all together. Um, you get you got to go listen to that. Anyways, Jade Cargill, uh, big influence from China. Um, and really ground-based. She said she's scared of the top rope, so uh, we won't see any flips <laughs> from her. No uh, 450s or anything like that. Um, but yeah, nice, nice little segment. This this uh, this next promo, man, uh, it, it got me sucked in. FTR uh, with uh, Tully Blanchard cutting a promo, basically saying they need those fucking tag belts. Uh, you know, they dreamt about having those tag belts, and uh, they're going to get him back. Uh, so Bucks, watch out. Fear the revelation, as Tully puts it. Uh, cutting a fucking cool promo here. I really hope they get back on the uh, in the tag division. I don't want to see the Young Bucks lose the belts any fucking time soon. Don't change them until, um, shit, double or nothing. At least. Um I think they they need a long title reign because I know what the Young Bucks are going to do. They're going to go back to the back burner after they drop them. So fuck all that noise. We, we you know, us AEW fans, we really like uh, the elite. The, the top guys need to stick around for a lot longer. They really do. They just formed this company. It's only been a year in. God, my eyes look like they're fucking red, but it's just the lighting. Um yeah, uh, it's it's ridiculous. FTR cutting good promos. The next match was SCU and uh, it was Kaz and Christopher Daniels versus Jericho and Hager. Um, why? Why are we putting Hager and Jericho in a tag team? It, it doesn't make sense. They already have a good tag team in the inner circle. Santana and Ortiz, and they even had a good thing going with Jericho and uh, and fucking um, Sammy Guevara. Why aren't they tagging? You know, Les Sex Gods or whatever they were called. That was a better tag team uh, than Hager. I will say this, though. They beat the fuck out of Kazarian in this match. Uh, Jake Hager was, I mean, landing them solid punches to the fucking ribs in the beginning of this match. It was... And they all talk about how stiff Jericho is. So uh, I wonder if he got his fucking ass kicked in the beginning of this match. Um, Because, you know, Hager's also stiff too. I mean, he broke fucking Dustin Rhodes' arm (laughs) when he was just supposed to barely slam a car door. And he just fucking uh, slams his fucking (laughs) forearm into this damn car. Um, But yeah, working Kaz uh, at the start. Huge power slam from Hager. Uh, I love that leg drop that Kaz does, uh, that springboard leg drop. It's it's just a, a little move, but it's cool. Not a lot of people, uh, you know, pull that out, so it's nice to see. Uh, there was a girl who did that as one of her big 
pop moves. Uh, something Ellering. Shit. Um, her dad was famous wrestler. Too. I just don't. I. I can't think right now. Um, but yeah, MJF hitting uh, Christopher Daniels in the face with the that dynamite ring, which is gonna be defended on uh, on the the December second episode. There are gonna be a dynamite dozen match, and it's gonna have a lot of people in it. Wardlow being one of those people, I wonder if so. Sammy Guevara is gonna be in it too. So my two picks to win. It's either Sammy Guevara or Wardlow. I think Wardlow winning it. I mean, what if that changes like the power dynamic between the two of them? And Wardlow starts going, hey, hand me that fucking ring, knocking people out with it in the in the ring. I don't know. It would be a nice little thing to like kind of tear them apart a little bit. Because Wardlow, he needs to get out of there. He needs to go on a single run. That dude is fucking money. He needs to be out there killing motherfuckers. Uh, F10 and people dropping that knee off that turnbuckle. That would be great. Um, but yeah, MJF hitting uh, uh, Christopher Daniels in the face with that dynamite ring. Uh, and then Jericho hitting the Judas effect. Uh, Hager rolling up Daniels for the win. Uh, and then Kaz just fucking, I mean, he he rocks MJF, man. <laughs> bust, bust him right in the fucking nose. Um Nice little, nice little match. I will say that it was a nice little match. Um, Jericho, he, I mean, he looked a lot better than he did in that chaos fucking project match. I will say that for sure. Uh, <laughs> this was uh, uh, better than that. I, I think this was, this might have been the low match on this this card tonight for sure. Um, after this, we had Kip and Miro. Um, and uh, the the beautiful Penelope Ford doing this like video game segment, like they were gonna set up that they were gonna play video games or some something stupid. Um, Miro needs a better fucking gimmick than this. This video gamer shit that he's doing with Kip Sabian doesn't make sense. I mean, if Penelope Ford and him weren't like fiance dating whatever i would say pull penelope ford away from him too if this is all he's got is video game shit i'm the super bad guy but i i want to make video game references like actually playing video game references all the time like this is his whole gimmick i don't know it seems like a waste but uh orange cassidy coming in just hitting the fucking uh power button on the xbox turning it right off was such a funny fucking part and they chase him out of this i think it's like a trailer um and trent and chuck are waiting for them and they start this brawl uh out back and nice little nice little spot here uh miro grabbing the camera guy and screaming get out of the way was uh really fucking fun it was uh <laughs> that was that was the highlight of that entire segment uh orange cassidy pushing the power button out of nowhere was was really great because that's what i wanted to do to kip too uh but you know anytime we get to see penelope ford i'm all about it so um no complaints here no complaints here guys i just want to see penelope ford that's all uh <laughs> But yeah, no, it wasn't uh, 
they need to do something else. They they really do. Um, so after this, they had um, the uh, contract signing part two. Um, so Kenny Omega, you get his big long entrance. Um, he's standing in that silhouette, and then you see somebody pop up behind him, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then all of a sudden, just starts beating the shit out of Kenny Omega, and then we, uh, you know, they bust through that thing, and it's fucking John Moxley beating the shit out of Kenny Omega. Uh, they pull it into the ring. Mox uh, lays the belt on the ground, and Kenny goes to reach for it, and he stomps on his foot, or stomps on his hand with his foot. Um, and it was it was a really cool little segment. Picks him up and fucking paradigm shifts him right onto that belt, uh, and then cuts a fucking killer promo and basically says you're gonna have to dig deep as shit. You're gonna have to be that Kenny Kenny Omega everybody talks about. You're gonna have to beat the guy who hasn't lost in eighteen fucking months. You, this is cool. This this was as an as hyped as I was for this match. This final promo from John Moxley really sent it over the edge. It really made me think this is going to be as good as that 30 minute Iron Man fucking killer match that Pac and Kenny Omega had that all out, leave it all out in the fucking ring type of match. I mean, uh, you know, AW title on the line with somebody who could probably dethrone Mox, especially when he's, you know, about to have a kid and, you know, things are, I don't know, they do know how to, uh, to do that though, with the whole Jericho dropping the belt before he was going to go on tour with Fozzie sort of thing, they, they cut it early and that way nobody really expected it. Um, so they're, they're good about doing those little, uh, you know, where they drop the titles, who they drop them to storylines. They, AW's really got this thing, uh, locked. I mean, I'm just tweet, you know, Tooting their horn is what I meant to say, not tweeting their horn. Um, uh, the women's division obviously has been lacking, but last week we set up some storylines and they are continued here. This next match was for the women's uh, AEW championship. Uh, it was Anna J versus Hikaru Shida. Uh, they played a little pre match promo before the actual match. Um, it, it was it was nice. It was decent. You know, Sheeta, this was the best that Sheeta has cut a promo, basically saying you need to have heart. Uh, you need to come in there. You need to prove that, uh, you know, you're worth taking this fucking title from me. Um, I mean, holy smoke show, Anna. This was, she looked fantastic here. She, I mean, for only being in the business for not that long, it, she looked awesome. This, this, this match really wasn't bad uh the queen slayer uh fucking rear naked choke that she's been doing she pulls that out pretty fucking early on hikaru shida um you know this match there were there were some pretty uh kind of stiff uh you know knees there was uh there was a spot with john silver distracting uh distracting the ref so that they could toss her that kendo stick. Uh, Anna Jay really whacking the shit out of uh, Sheeta's knee, trying to take that knee out because, you know, the, uh, Tamashi, Tamashi is what it's called, I think, is her finisher, that running knee strike. Um, it, I mean, she won with that move, but 
Sheeta just like it, it was pretty crazy. She gets out suplexed uh, this counter, like it countered this suplex. Uh, it was weird. Anna J. I don't know if it was meant to be that or if it just kind of happened, but it was a it was a pretty fucking cool counter. Uh, but yeah, running knee for the. Uh, and still, AEW Women's Champ Hikaru Shida. And then we get Abaddon's music. She comes strolling out, blood dripping from her mouth. Really cool. Uh, licking that title belt. Creepy. Um, Abaddon's got a great look to her. I'll, I'll give her that. The physique is not there at all. But... Uh, she's not bad in the ring, uh, but her finisher needs some work. It's that quick little who like Huracan Rana, like half slamming their face into the, the mat or whatever. She's, she botched it like two or three times when she was on dark before go back and watch it. I, I'm not joking. Uh, it might be the girls that are taking it, you know, not selling it right. Um, but I hope. I hope this turns into a great match and and we get to see another side of Abaddon that, you know, everybody's been wilding out about on Twitter. And, you know, I don't know. I don't I don't fully get I'm not on board like I am with, uh, you know, Sheeta or fuck Lady Frost. Uh, I'm more on board with her being a part of (laughs) AEW than I am uh, Abaddon. Uh, She did have a botch that. I don't know if it was her fault. They never showed the match on Dark. I did talk about it, though, and that's why she was uh, hurt the past couple weeks. Um, but, yeah, all in all, this match was good. A nice, uh, I mean, shit, they they defended the title on fucking Dynamite. Wow. Um, the next uh, segment was Matt Hardy cutting a, a promo. Very fucking arrogant. Talk basically how he's the creator of all and he's the best thing ever. And it uh, seems like Matt Hardy's going through another gimmick change. I, I'm kind of glad he moved away from the broken Matt Hardy gimmick. Uh, because I think unless he, he's fully into it with a great storyline and somebody to play off of, I don't think it works right now with no crowds. Um, but I will be there when he gets broken again and, and deletes uh some people in AEW. Uh, I like that version of Matt. Maybe he's waiting for uh, Brother Nero uh, to to come back and uh, be a part of this. I don't know if Jeff signed a new contract recently or what. Maybe he's stuck there for a little bit longer. Um, but I don't know. I'd like him to come in and do the whole, I will render you obsolete. Uh, and, and I, I don't know. I think it's funny when he starts talking in that gimmick type shit, the chair of wheels. And, uh, it's just funny. It's comical, but it's also entertaining. It's really entertaining. And his moveset, uh, is a little bit bigger. The laugh, the laugh. I don't understand the laugh. Uh, you know, the, the weird laugh shit that, you know, you know, Matt Hardy, broken Matt Hardy. Uh, I don't have to explain it to you, but uh, this promo is really cool. This new arrogant side of Matt Hardy is going to be fun. Uh, after this, we had Team Taz uh, cutting a promo saying, Cody, you really fucked up. Ricky Starks 
I mean, just speaking the truth here, man, they look great. They look like they're in this fancy like hotel or something. Um, Ricky Starks really channeling that uh, that old uh, rock persona where he dressed like a a fancy son of a bitch and was telling people to that they were gonna he's gonna take the title, spin it sideways, lube it up, and stick it straight up that candy ass. Uh, I I I like this this side of Ricky Starks, man. The promo was fucking killer. Uh, he, Cage, you know, said a couple words. Who better? Uh, you know, Will Hobbs just standing there with his shirt off, looking like a monster. Um, so we'll see. I it the match is gonna be Cody and Darby versus Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks uh, on December second. Uh, winter is coming. Uh, dude, we got a, a fucking killer lineup for that card. I mean, it's stacked. It's really stacked. Um, after this, we had the Butcher and the Blade, uh, accompanied by the Bunny and Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston walking over to commentary, getting on the commentary team. He's really good on commentary. He really gives it uh, to Tony Schiavone. It's pretty fucking funny. He gives it a little bit to Excalibur, and he's like really... Uh, like, isn't that right, JR? Uh, like, tries to, like, not suck up to him, but uh, I don't know. It's a really heel commentary thing that he does. Um, but this match uh, was versus uh, Ray Phoenix and Pac. No Pentagon. Pentagon didn't come out with him. Um, at least I don't think. Yeah, no. It was just them two. Uh, but this match started off fucking insane. Pack and Phoenix, I mean, we know how they work, but they came out flying, dude. They were all over the place. This is one of the best tag teams. I would love to see Pac and Ray Phoenix versus a Young Bucks versus a Top Flight versus um, the entire tag division, pretty much. Trent and, uh, and Chucky e. T, man, would be a fucking great match. Uh, Santana and Ortiz. Uh, would go great against this high flying team, um, but dude, there was, uh, they, dude, they were all over the place. Uh, the butcher and the blade really slowed things down and started to you know pick, pick apart this tag team at, at one spot, really pouring on that heel tactic stuff, and that was really refreshing from them. They looked like a powerhouse team. Uh, the butcher looked great in this. The blade looked fucking fantastic. Uh, you can tell Pac is a little bit more timid, uh, or a little less timid than he was the match before, uh, you know, last week. And um, uh, I'm gonna say Eddie Kingston helping and knocking Phoenix off the top rope was a nice fucking uh, nice spot to to end this match in. Um, you know, Butcher and Blade uh, hitting with uh, that powerbomb cutter for the win. Uh, then they beat down um, Pac and Phoenix. Uh, you know, Eddie Kingston, like, DDT and <laughs> fucking Pac, like, three fucking times um, on a chair. And then we get Lance Archer um, coming out and kind of, you know, everybody powders out. He's kind of all over the place, cleaning house a little bit. And uh, it's kind of furthering that storyline with Lance Archer. I kind of alluded to it uh, earlier. 
this is what I'm talking about. So they're giving Lance Archer something. I mean, he had this like open challenge, like anybody who wants it in AEW can get it. Uh, and then he, they put him in back in this storyline with Eddie Kingston. I'm kind of excited. I hope we get a match next week. Lance Archer, uh, Pac, Phoenix versus uh, the Butcher and the Blade and Eddie Kingston. I think that would be fucking awesome to see them all go at it. Um, or even if it's, oh, no, yeah, Pac has to be in that match for sure. Uh, so, yeah, Pac and maybe not even Phoenix. Maybe they he puts Pentagon in that match. Um, that'd be fucking killer too. Um, so that was the end of Dynamite. They went off the air with this. Uh, a fucking killer episode. This was a jam-packed week of AEW content, like I said. Um, I do have to say... I was expecting um, nothing less. Uh, there was a lot of spoilers that went out uh, because they taped this episode. Fuck you, whoever is doing this. You're a piece of shit for spoiling these fucking episodes. I didn't read any, but there was a lot of talk about it on Twitter. And, you know, it's hard to not look at that kind of stuff. Um I, I, I avoided it as best as I could. I didn't really see a whole lot like anything, any of the matches or any of the promos really. Um, but you're just a piece of shit. You're a bad person. Uh, if you're spoiling fucking the thing that in a pandemic where there's really not a whole lot going on, the one thing that us fans get to look forward to each week is a show uh, that some of us do podcasts on. Some of us, uh, you know, it, it's our only, it's the only fucking show I watch on cable literally the only show I watch on cable. It's the only reason I have cable. Uh, and you fucking try to spoil it for me. You're a piece of shit. A piece of shit. Um, but yeah, end of Dynamite. So without further ado, let's get right into the official match of the week. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen. I... Uh, Dude, I'm going with this Butcher and the Blade and Pac and Phoenix match. It was killer, in my opinion. This tag match was awesome. What a way to fucking end uh, Dynamite this week. I posted on Twitter about it. Uh, this last match was killer. Uh, the Butcher uh, liking it is always... It's always great to to get them little... It's, it's probably such a minuscule thing to them just hitting that little heart button on Twitter. But for me... I let it light up every single time. I still take a screenshot of uh, when they like it and get all excited. And my wife's like, you know that you're fucking 32 years old, right? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but that was that was uh, the content this week, guys. We were, uh, really can't complain. Um, I will say make Dark shorter for sure. Make it just as jam-packed full of cool matches and get rid of all the sloppy shit. Uh, you just don't have to air that stuff. It doesn't need to be on that episode. You just don't have to do it. Just get rid of it. <laughs> Put it in like a, a library somewhere when you go on a streaming service. Then you can be like, oh, wait, this was a match that we never got to show you. Uh, if you want to see more Big Swole or something. You know what I mean? Put it on that area. Um, but... Without further ado, guys, uh, you can find me on Twitter at jenglert88, uh, 
at the 100% Elite official Twitter page at 100 Elite Pod. Um, you can find these episodes on YouTube. Go subscribe, like. Um, this will be on YouTube. You can watch me uh, record the podcast uh, and check out the Young Bucks book. I'm going to soon and join me for a uh, podcast on that also. Um, this has been fun, guys. This podcast really means a lot to me, especially those that uh, listen every single week. I see the numbers. Uh, I never thought in a million years that I'd be 51 episodes in, uh, let alone uh, having an audience. You guys are awesome. So reach out. I'm a really easy uh, to talk to you guy. Uh, hit me up on any social media platforms. Uh, You can find this podcast on every major podcast outlet, Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, Podcast Addict, um, Apple Podcast, everything. So wherever you guys can leave a review, uh, like the podcast, rate us five stars, please do that so it can spread as far as it can and share this thing. Uh, Please share it to your friends, post it on your social media platforms. Uh, share the YouTube videos if you can. It would really mean a lot to me. Um, but yeah, man, this podcast has been killer. Uh, I look forward to it every single week. I love this thing. This is my baby. Uh, you know, created this thing from the ground up. I am the captain of this uh, podcast vessel, if you will. Um, God, that was bad. Uh, <laughs> but. I will see you. Why didn't that work? I will see you guys on the next one.